Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tess of Wrestling.com, joined by NWA commentator Joe Galley. Joe, how you doing? Colin, I, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, we're right on the edge. We're getting so close to heading to Knoxville. And I just, I, the electricity's really in the air. There's so much building around it. There's so much buzz about this show and our following shows in Knoxville and Nashville. This is an exciting time for pro wrestling, for sure. It's a very exciting time. NWA coming to Knoxville for Always Ready on June 11th, a show named after right now the reigning NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Matt Cardona. So I'll start right there. Uh, what have you thought about Matt Cardona coming in, a guy that's had uh, a, a very successful time in WWE, and now we're seeing him even before he came to NWA doing great things and, and many other projects as well, now having him be the, the champion in the NWA. Uh, he was scheduled to face Nick Aldis at the show, uh, which would have been a very great rematch from Crockett Cup. Unfortunately, Matt tore his, uh, his, his biceps, so he'll, he'll be at the event. But uh, there definitely a lot of question marks starting that match there. So a bit of a twofold question there. What are your thoughts on uh, Matt's run in NWA so far? And also the, the kind of question marks or, you know, just the, the injury playing, playing a part here in, in Always Ready as we're just a couple of days away from it. Well, let me go to your, your second question first. And I think that the wrestling world really saw what elite level athletes can do. Uh, in regards to having injuries recently with what happened at Hell in a Cell and Cody Rhodes, a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion in his own right. I mean, he had, a, uh, that, that he had torn muscles as well. It's basically a similar injury, just a different part of the body. And you can see how it deforms the, the muscle and all that and the color that was there. And it's an agonizing, horrible injury. I don't know if you've ever had it, but Thankfully I know a lot not. of people... Yeah, well, it's, it's relatively common in wrestling, as you can imagine, it being a combat sport. So you're going to tear muscles and stuff. But, you know, you, you hear about it all the time when people who are elite level athletes, whether they're wrestlers or they're swimmers or even tennis players, you know, if they get into a car crash, they can somehow their body heals faster. Um, and I don't know if Matt Cardona has superpowers. I mean, he's having this thing taken care of. He's having it looked at. But I also know what it means for Matt Cardona to be an athlete, to defend a championship that he holds in high regard. You know, there's there's a reason why, you know, the, the pictures that you see of him and him going out to different places. Yes, he's the champion everywhere else with all these other belts out there. But he usually has sweet Charlotte around his waist because he realizes the importance and the lineage and the history that that title comes with. And I, I don't see him. I, I would have to think that we'd have to tie him to a chair to stop him from competing. Uh, so I don't know how it's going to all pan out. He has made it very clear that he is going to be there. Um, we are not an organization that's just going to be willy nilly strip somebody of a title or if make a, an interim champion. There are other places that like to do that, but we, we I don't think we want to pollute our championship in that fashion. Uh, we want to have a world's champion. And so things are going to be definitely interesting. I'm not exactly sure how things are going to work out. And, and that's the other thing, too, is we have all these medical experts that are taking a look at Matt Cardona, but it's our own medical staff that needs to clear him to wrestle. And we're not going to know that until Knoxville. So and that's with all the wrestlers. You never know who's in whatever condition. Some people you don't know. Someone can bump their head getting off the plane and then not get cleared to wrestle. So it, the, the book is wide open. But as far as Matt Cardona being a champion, yes. Not everybody likes to see him in that position. I think that there's a lot of people out there that maybe Matt Cardona is just not their cup of tea, but you cannot deny 
his athleticism. You cannot deny his ring intelligence and his physique and uh, his willingness to put it all on the line, which is probably one of the reasons why he got injured at GCW uh, because of how much he's working and how much he represents this sport. So um, to say that I'm proud to have uh, Matt Cardona as our champion, especially with what we saw at Crockett Cup and the, the feud that he's had with Nick and, you know, obviously, you know, him tapping out middle of the ring, Jeff Jarrett wasn't there. And, you know, anybody who wants to go and rewatch and see everything that happened there, they can do that on Fight TV. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it does appear that Matt Cardona wants to be a fighting champion. And I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, if he's going to be able to pull off what, what we saw Cody Rhodes do at Hell in a Cell. I've had the opportunity to interview Matt Cardona a couple of times, and he's someone that, uh, especially the past several months, you've talked about he was in GCW, Impact, all these places. It's all about buzz, money, and gold. He's got a bunch of gold, got a, got a bunch of buzz. Now, when he challenged Trevor Murdoch for the title at Power Trip, that was back in February, I believe, uh, like even just before the match, I, I'm a fan of his, I'll admit it. So I was thinking, like, this is a guy that I think it will end up really especially for a while, put on a great, great product, but not enough people are watching it. So to me, I thought, you know, here's Matt Cardona, a guy that's got such a great online presence, that's got such a great uh, following uh, just among many fans, just in, among, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the internet in general. So I was thinking before that, before I won the title, hey, this could be a good opportunity, uh, even before the, the challenger title, just coming into NWA to have that uh, that buzz about to have the, that following, maybe supporting him. Now he's been the champion, kind of maybe having some fans check out NWA that may not have been doing in before. And even John, he's been promoting it so much. He does so many interviews. He's going out of promotion. So what do you say, again, even putting this injury aside, uh, kind of in a more general sense, do you think he's helped kind of bring more, uh, I guess, awareness or, or I guess just eyeballs in general to the product here as, as a champion? I, I think that that's pretty undeniable. You have to also uh, just look at his, his Twitter following is 2 million people. Um, and that's an enormous amount of people. That's not saying that we don't have stars of similar magnitude uh, in the NWA that bring that same level that are there. I mean, even just on our commentary table, look at Velvet Sky and all these other people that have been around in this business for a long time and have an enormous amount of exposure in social media. And then, of course, our, our president, William Patrick Corgan, being the rock star that he is. I mean, I thought we, we announced the, a brand new... Um, autograph signing package for our fans in Nashville. And the second we announced it, I mean, those started flying. We're, we're, we're almost sold out on those. So you, we do have a lot of star power, but Matt Cardona, you had a good point, especially with everything that he does, not just in as a professional wrestler, but as a podcaster and as a real, you could call him a media mogul at this point. And being able to have that audience there and to be representing the NWA as the world heavyweight champion, I think it is starting to bring a lot of people into, into the fold. And I'm happy for that. I'm really happy that there's probably people out there that like a particular flavor of wrestling. And now that Matt Cardona is our world heavyweight champion, even though they like a particular flavor, they're going to come try our flavor. And that's all I really want them. Just coming in and try it. Just order always ready. Or if you want to go all in and get the NWA all access pass and get all of our pay-per-views for the year and see first runs of all of our stuff, I guarantee you it's going to be worth every penny that you're going to put into it, especially for the people that are going to be there in person. I mean, think about Knoxville. I mean, it's been really a dry town for so long, uh, but there's an enormous amount of history there. And with the NWA and our roots go so far deep, especially compared to a lot of other promotions that are out there. 
you know, we want to make sure that we can revitalize wrestling in some of these places that were strongholds. And so I think that that's what we're going to be doing in Knoxville. And I think that having Matt Cardona come in and be our champion will help bring in a, a lot of the newer fans that are there. And then also a lot of the people, you know, who were there for years and who may have seen uh, Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair or have fond memories of the Von Erics or you know, the list goes on and on, you know, people who miss the fabulous Freebirds, you know, like we want to be able to bring that entire wrestling community together. Uh, and I think we're doing really well with that. And I think having Matt Cardona there just brings in those people that, you know, may just typically be on, on one particular side and only have one particular taste, but they'll come and try it. And I hope that they stick around. You mentioned uh, NWA, I think more than most promotions at this point, uh, other than probably a select few, really has that that history, that the real lineage of its titles, that real just prestigious, um, you know, the, 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 those three letters mean so much. You know, so many legends have competed for the company over uh, many, many years. So for you, you yourself, you know, you're being uh, part of the, the broadcast team for a couple of years now, being kind of the, really the voice or at least one of the voices of NWA at this point. And what does it mean to you to kind of really be so, uh, you know, th thoroughly involved with it and to see to both kind of, I guess, represent it and also be uh, kind of at the, the forefront of it or at least involved with it uh, as it continues to kind of move forward here uh, with that kind of that backing of, of so much history and mo moving into uh, the, the more modern wrestling age here where you, you it's very different than it once was, but now NWA uh, has been, uh, I would say, successfully trying to kind of carve its own place both uh, by acknowledging that history and also trying to, uh, you know, carve out its own identity in the here and now. I have to say that being a part of this broadcast team is an absolute joy for me. Uh, it really is a dream come true. It's one of those things that you, I, if you would have asked me, you know, 11, 12 years ago, hey, do you think you'll be calling matches for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship or something like that? I'd been like, what are you, crazy? But it's great that my career has evolved so much. And I've been in, I'm very, very fortunate to have been having the, the appropriate amount of skill and be at the right place at the right time. And so when Billy Corgan purchased the NWA and started the lightning one era, being able to call those first matches where Tim storm was still the world heavyweight champion. Uh, I think that that, and being able to impress Billy to the point to where he wanted me to be a part of the company. And I'm still here uh, this many years on. Uh, I think it says something for what Billy sees in me, and I think it shows something for what I'm willing to put into the product and how much um, I really love this business and I love this sport. And to be able to be a part of an organization that's been, you know, has roots going back to really the 20s and 30s um, before the big meeting in Waterloo in the 40s, you know, it, it goes back further than that. And to be able to have that and be the voice and to be able to be your play-by-play -play commentator, I, I am humbled for one. And two, it, I, I always like to consider that I've got the best seat in the house. Uh, nothing's better than sitting at that commentary table and not only to be able to, you know, talk about what's going on, but be able to interact with, I mean, everyone that I get to sit with at that commentary table is a legend in their own right. Uh, if you, our typical team, our standard team with Velvet Sky and Tim Storm. I mean, Velvet Sky, a multiple-time world champion, uh, a delightful human being. Tim Storm, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And they have decades of this experience. And they're genuinely good people that are fun to hang out and to, to talk wrestling with. So it's really like I'm, I'm living in a dream. I guess that expression, uh, 
uh, if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. And I think that that's really true, especially on those days when we're having our big shows, when we're having our, you know, anniversary shows or the Crockett Cup or going out for Always Ready. You know, it, you really do feel that. And it's uh, it's it's super satisfying and enjoy enjoyable, especially when you see it all come together. You mentioned uh, some of the broadcast parties you've worked with, Velvet Sky, uh, multiple time champion, Tim Storm, legend, very, very, very much so. And always ready, Bully Ray will be on commentary for the, the Women's Championship match. Bully Ray, a big, big name in the wrestling world. Uh, so I guess to, to, to begin with, what are your thoughts on, on Bully Ray kind of coming in, uh, being involved with Always Ready uh, and being uh, on commentary for, for the women's, women's title match? Well, look, you're, you're talking with a guy who has an enormous amount of history, you know, with Team 3D. I mean, Bully Ray is the, really a, the main trainer for both Camille and Kylan King. I mean, um, he's been sharing pictures of us from like way back in the day when they were both just starting out. And he was happened to be training them both at the same time. So it really shows the journey that these women have gone through to get to the point where they're really in the upper echelon of women in the sport of professional wrestling, which is really exciting. And then Bully Ray, I mean, you know, I've had some interactions with him before, but I've never worked with him before. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, he's a two-time Hall of Famer. He knows what he's talking about. He certainly can talk for anybody who listens to Busted Open. Um, he has an amazing mind for the business. Is he controversial? Absolutely. Do a lot of people not like Bully Ray? Of course. That's what happens in the sport of professional wrestling, especially when you work as a heel for as long as you do. You end up making enemies and you end up pissing off a lot of people. But I'm really grateful that he's going to be there to be a part of this. And not only that, he's sticking around and he's going to be hanging out the next day for Knox Out, which is our branded NWA power taping. So we're going to be filming several episodes and he's going to be our official master of ceremonies. So Bully Ray is going to be a part of uh, several episodes of NWA broadcasts, whether that's NWA Power and NWA USA. And I think it, people are actually going to really like to see what, how it's all going to unfold and to see if he's going to make alliances, to see if maybe he wants an opportunity at the 10 pounds of gold, the championship. I don't know if he's held that one. I know he's held almost every one of them, but, uh, you know, is, is he ready for another run? You never know what's going to happen in the NWA. And really, we could, we could see it with guys like Ricky Morton, who will also be wrestling at Always Ready with his son, Kerry. Uh, you know, age is nothing but a number. And if you've got the skills and you've got the intellect, you could still compete and potentially you could still be a champion. You mentioned uh, Bully, Bully coming in. And yeah, I think uh, just looking from on the outside here, as a commentator, I imagine it might be a little challenging. To, anytime you have a new broadcast partner to kind of come in, there's you know, an inherent adjustment. So have you had a chance to talk to him yet about kind of coming in, uh, how that might work or to do, uh, with him and or other people? Uh, broadcast artists are going to come in for you know one show or whatever it might be the first time you get to work with them do you get to kind of talk to them beforehand or you just kind of play it by ear and then see how it comes you know i like to think of my commentary style as a lot like playing jazz and that you know there isn't a lot of prep work we're going to going to go out and we're going to play music and let's hope that there's chemistry there and you know there's always going to be some awkwardness at the beginning you end up stepping on each other and you'll see that in any sport broadcasting if you get two people calling a college basketball game that have never called a game together or something there's there's it doesn't click immediately uh but hopefully we'll get right into the swing of things and i have to say that i've been super fortunate in my career all the way back to when i first started in broadcast and wrestling to this point the vast majority of the people that i've shared a commentary booth with I've had really good chemistry with, and we've been able to interact and have coherent conversation, 
be entertaining, call the action, and be the best representation of what that broadcast needs us to be. And so I'm really hoping that it's going to be that way. And honestly, I, I think that that's really the most exciting part for me. And there's not going to be this, you know, there's not going to be me and Bully sitting down like, hey, what do you want to talk about during this match? It's we're going to have the bullet points of what's important for this match. And I'm going to rely on him for the history and talking about things and analyzing things as a color analyst, as a color analyst, as a person who's done it all in the ring. He's going to be that person in that in that in that moment. Uh, so it's going to be really fun to see how he's going to be able to react and how he's going to be in that situation. Because I know a lot of people out there, you know, uh, Medusa is a good example. I mean, think of all the things that she's done. She's been part of wrestling for so many decades now, another world champion, world champion, uh, you know, it, with monster trucks and with pro wrestling. But at the same time, when she first came in to do commentary, she was nervous about it. She was asking for pointers. And I'm like, Medusa, you're Medusa. What am I telling you? You're, you're Medusa. Come on. Um, and But then she got into the swing of things. We got into a good chemistry. And what's great is we get all these different flavors, too, with it. You know, you can kind of – there's some places out there where it's, like, kind of all the same. And when you're hearing the commentary from it, there's not – but with us, with our, all of our different team that can kind of come in and out, whether you're watching the pay-per-view or Power or NWA USA – you're probably going to get a little bit of a different flavor. And I think that that's really good. And I like that we like to represent women in our broadcasting team too. I think it's super important that we have somebody there like Velvet Sky or Medusa or anybody else that would like to sit in and be that female voice. Uh, even Mae Valentine in the back getting our interviews. Being able to have that there is, is so incredibly important, I think, in the sport of professional wrestling. And I think it's a, lot, a place where a lot of places, they kind of lack it, uh, but we don't. Because uh, we're the NWA and we're going to be really the, the shining light of professional wrestling going forward. You're talking about your, your career in broadcast and, and wrestling. And I wanted to bring up that it wasn't all that long ago that you transitioned fully into wrestling. You had been a, a news reporter previously and working with NWA at the same time. So I wanted to just bring that up and ask, like, how's your transition to wrestling full time been? Because like that, that must have been, you know, a big, big adjustment to just really focusing fully on wrestling, going from, you know, juggling both to now fully doing doing the one. So I just wanted to ask about that, you know, having had the opportunity to go. Because I think that was um, a couple months ago, not, not all that long ago. So how that's been going for you? Actually, not to bring your this conversation down to a very super depressing level, but you have to also understand the timing of that with me being here in San Antonio and the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, which is a 35-minute drive from where I'm talking to you right now. So I know that day when all of that was happening, I was you know scrolling on Twitter and I saw the person that they hired to replace me that had my old work cell phone number, they were one of the first reporters that arrived on that scene. So I would have been one of the first reporters to have arrived on that scene. And so this is the first time in a long time that there's been a major mass shooting sort of tragedy that I wasn't on the ground with because I'd covered the Las Vegas shooting. I'd done Santa Fe, Sutherland Springs, San Bernardino. The list goes on, unfortunately, the list goes on with that sort of thing. And so to be able to step back and just kind of see it from a different lens as just a, as an observer and not somebody who's out there digging for answers and digging for the truth, it's been very different. It's been interesting. I, I didn't know exactly how I would feel. I've gotten into the point where I actually probably watch local news more than I used to because now I'm just kind of keeping tabs on all my old buddies and seeing what's going on there. But as far as the work goes, it's really interesting because that world as a journalist is so 24 seven. It's so you never turn anything off. You're always 
hitting people up. You're always making calls. You're, you know, going with sources, taking them out to lunch, trying to get the big story. Uh, and a lot of that's still kind of true in, in this business, in the sport of professional wrestling. It's a lot of conversations with people and discussions about all kinds of different things that I wasn't having conversations from before, which is way outside of being just in commentary, just talking about, you know, set design and where our talent roster's at, you know, keeping tabs on people, make, seeing where Matt Cardona is today with his health updates and making sure, you know, and then all, like the little nuances that kind of come with the, this type of job being quote unquote in the office uh, with the sport of professional wrestling. It's, it's really interesting. I have to say it's rewarding. Uh, I think my workload really hasn't diminished very much. There's a lot of stuff just because, especially now this week, as we're getting closer to the pay-per-view, just being able to see how everything is going to evolve and getting all these little speed bumps on the way, all these little ancillary things that come up from time to time. Uh, but being able to solve those problems. And that's what you really have to become is just kind of this problem solver. And I think anybody who's listening to this interview that works in a small business, runs their own business, um, they can relate to that. Because I mean, I'm sure that the, you run into the same issues uh, no matter where you are. I, I had a, a, a coworker that said, you know, it's, uh, it's the same circus in a different tent. So you're still just kind of going through those motions and doing these things and uh, trying to make things work. And so it's, it's definitely been a journey, but I will tell you this, I, I will, I will, have been able to use my experience in journalism, I think to really help with the NWA in one particular aspect that we're really starting to launch in Knoxville and, and we're going to continue to do going forward. And that's NWA outreach, our outreach program where we're helping nonprofits and hospitals and veterans. We're going to reach out to people in these communities as we travel, because, you know, as the NWA, we're going to keep moving to different cities and stuff. And when we go to certain cities, we might consider that could be maybe possibly could be a home base for us for a couple of maybe a couple of tours or something like that. So I want to make sure that we can reach out to these communities and to help the people that maybe not maybe wouldn't have an opportunity to see a professional wrestling show like ours. So that's why we partnered with the Veteran Success Center with UT Knoxville. And we're going to have a whole bunch of veterans that have served this country and are currently getting their education at the college. They're going to be able to go and take a little break. It's their summer break now anyway. So why don't they kick it off with us and come and hang out and watch some wrestling. And then the, the partnership I love the most is ours with the East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Um, they have been an absolute delight. They're only the hospital's about a mile from the convention center. And so not only are we going to be having some of the uh, first uh, the frontline workers that are there, your doctors, your nurses, anybody at that hospital who wants to come, but also the patients and their families, anybody who's available to and they want to come, we're, we're opening the door to them. And then for those that can't come, you got a lot of kids that are in that hospital. And unfortunately, they'd probably love to make it. They're big fans of pro wrestling, but they're not going to be there. So we're going to have a group of our pro wrestlers show up on Sunday morning and go out there, take pictures with the kids, give them autographs, all that sort of thing. And I think that that's really important, you know, we're in the sport of professional wrestling to entertain people, but we have such a big voice and we have such a presence in the community. When we come in, uh, I don't want us to just be that company that comes in, takes your ticket money. Thanks. See you later. We should go out and we should really try to make a change and really get these people to know that the NWA, it's not just some show that's going to come in when we come in, we're going to do good for that community. So whether that's in Knoxville, Nashville, Atlanta, St. Louis, wherever we're going to be end up going, I think it's really important for us to make that extra effort. And, um, and my 
role in journalism has kind of helped me with that to be able to communicate with these people on the same level and trying to make sure that we can build these relationships together. And so I'm really, really excited for that. I'm really happy for that. Um, I, one of the downsides is now that I'm in the office, I'll be too busy. I won't be able to go on the trip to the hospital, but I guess the kids probably don't want to see me. They'd probably much rather see Camille with the strap or, or our NWA world tag team champions or any of the other big name talent that are going to be there. But I, I just, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures of all those smiling faces of all those kids that are going to get a nice visit on a Sunday morning. Yeah, the, the outreach program sounds absolutely wonderful. A great way for the NWA to just make make an impact, make a difference, and show the community that, 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 that they care. And that's just a wonderful way to do that. So that's one way the NWA has grown this year. That, that's you know fairly, a fairly new thing for you guys. Uh, we've seen the NWA definitely grow just a lot over the past year. I mean, I'm, I had the opportunity to interview Camille yesterday, and I realized it was a year to the day as she won the title at NWA One of Shadows Fall. And that was one of, if not the first shows kind of coming out of the pandemic. And I just kind of wanted to ask you like, how you think uh, it, was a, it feels like kind of come out of the pandemic for everyone. It was kind of like a, if not a fresh start, kind of like a reset in a way. Everyone kind of was starting at ground zero in a way. Fans coming back, doing all these things. So if it's like a new era in a way for everybody, for NWA specifically, it was definitely an opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, ha- have a new chapter begin. Not that you, anyone needed one, but it was, it was a, a new opportunity just to kind of like, you know, a, a new chapter to have that. So uh, I want to ask your thoughts on like how the NWA has kind of changed in the past year uh, for anything that you've noticed, because again, being someone that's very closely involved with it. Well, I think everyone, you were forced to evolve. I mean, and we everyone struggled through the pandemic. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in the sport of professional wrestling or just a regular human being. Everybody struggled in one way or another. But I believe we have bounced back. We are stronger than we've ever been. The interest is higher than we've ever been. We're seeing, you know, the numbers of people who are joining us. And, you know, even with the economy the way it is, and times are hard for everybody. I know I, I drive a little tiny car and it costs 60 bucks to fill up the gas tank uh, this time around. Uh, but at the same time, people are still spending their hard-earned money to watch our product. Uh, they're ordering the pay-per-view. They're ordering um, NWA All Access, which is $50. That's a lot of money, especially for a lot of people out there. But the interest is still there, and we're giving them something that's worth that money. And so it's really exciting for us to be able to see that not only are we able to continue on and not only bring the best wrestling that we can, but people are still receptive to it, and they're still able to go ahead and and make that decision that they are going to choose to be entertained that way, whether that's through the television, through fight TV, or through actually coming to the show. Um, so it, it's great. And then I think the greatest thing about the way the NWA is evolving post pandemic is you're, we're just, we're getting the ball rolling on some new things. And I think there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff that people are going to be seeing in the coming weeks. That is going to be really exciting for a lot of people. We have a lot of stuff that's in the works. Um, we might take some ideas for some graphics or some set pieces, kind of make a couple of things, freshen things up a little bit uh, and make some changes that I think our fans and then future fans are really going to like, because, you know, every promotion can kind of get stagnant. You could see that there's always changes. I mean, just look at WWE, just the, the evolution of what you take a look at what Monday or night raw looked like five years ago. And what it looks like today, everything's completely different. And they did 10 years ago, and 15 years ago and all that sort of thing. So I think we reached a point where we're going to start getting some cool looks. I think people actually noticed it a lot with NWA USA and, you know, we really didn't change a whole lot to give that show its own look. We just kind of changed somehow some cameras are positioned where the podium was and where the commentary table was, but it really did kind of give it its own feel and its own flavor. 
And I think that people actually really do appreciate it. Like, hey, now this looks different and it catches your eye. And so we're going to be doing a lot of that while at the same time having the best wrestlers walking God's green earth come out and do the sport that they love and that they do the best. And that's, that's really going to be the driving force. You can't have the national wrestling Alliance without the wrestling part. That's the most important part. That is at the heart. That's at the middle of the, of the thing right there. We have to have the wrestling. Uh, and Dave will deliver the wrestling at Always Ready on June 11. We talked about Macaroni earlier, and we don't, definitely don't have all the time to talk about every match on the card. It's a very stat card, several title matches. Aaron Stevens' swan song, Samuel Shaw is scheduled to compete. So much talent to, such as to compete on Saturday. Uh, so, uh, again, with the question marks that we're surrounding the, the world title match right now, maybe outside of that, uh, what are maybe a, a match you that you're most excited about or that you think will be uh, just that you kind of have your eye on kind of heading into the show, maybe, maybe more than the others? Well, you know, we have so many great title matches and those have been getting the majority of the conversation when we're doing interviews, which is accept- which is understandable. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the champs, whether that's the, the Hex or La Rebellion or all those. But I think, I think a match that's really intriguing and uh, has a pop- possibility to steal the show is Taya Valkyrie versus Natalia Markova, which is not a title match. It's just the, uh, the debut of Valkyrie coming into uh, the NWA. Natalia Marcos has been on a tear. I mean, she is really, uh, our fans have really reacted to her and there's an enormous groundswell of support um, for her. And now her aligning herself with Taryn Terrell. So you've got, God only knows what will happen with Taryn's there. Taryn, she's on another level. So I think that that match has the potential to really steal the show. And it's, it's, it's really something that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about after the pay-per-view. Uh, Aaron Stevens with his swan song against Trevor Murdoch. Uh, Aaron Stevens has had a long history with Trevor Murdoch. Fans of the show know all about that. But, um, you know, at, at some point, everyone has to kind of make a decision where where's the finish line. And maybe Aaron has reached that point. But at the other uh, on the other side, we've seen Aaron Stevens transform and evolve all this other time. So is this the end of Aaron Stevens or is it the rebirth of Aaron Stevens? I think only Aaron Stevens knows that. Uh, but either way, talk about a great match from two guys that have a lot of history and Trevor Murdoch, you know, uh, uh, he wants to be in that title picture. He wants to regain sweet Charlotte and he wants to, you know, uh, he, he doesn't want to be considered a, a transitionary champion from Nick and then to Matt. I mean, he, he wants to be able to build a legacy like his mentor, Harley race. Uh, the only way he could do that is by winning that championship. The only way he can win that championship is to once again prove that he needs to be at that level. And to prove that, he just needs to keep beating up people like he's been doing. And that could happen to Aaron Stevens. So this could be a major miscalculation by Aaron Stevens, but he's been known to do those from time to time as well. Um, and, you know, then hey, there's the wild card that you brought up before and something that I think a lot of people, there's a lot of discussion about is Sam Shaw. Sam Shaw is an incredible athlete. People have seen him at WWE and NXT as Dexter Loomis. Uh, I worked with Sam Shaw a number of years ago in in independent promotions out of Arizona. Uh, And the guy's violent. The guy's creepy. The guy can go 100% and talk about a guy who's coming in and could be a championship level contender. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see where he's going to get plugged into the mix and to see where he's going to be going forward, whether that's, what's going to happen at knocks out or at our Nashville tapings that are going to happen Monday and Tuesday. So I think that that there's so much interest, there's so much intrigue and there's so many moving parts with this pay-per-view too. And so I think that there's 
so much interest with it. And then of course, you know, here's another interesting matchup. And, um, I'm looking forward to for sure is our junior heavyweight championship homicide versus PJ Hawks. Um, I was kind of doing some research on that because it's the most recent match. And so I was like, well, let, let me break this down. Homicide debuted in the sport of professional wrestling in 1993, six years later, PJ Hawks was born. Wow. So there's a huge difference there. Uh, but at the same time, PJ Hawks is a championship level collegiate athlete, uh, in wrestling and amateur style wrestling. And so that's really going to come down to whose style is going to come out. You've got this brawler, the street fighter and homicide, and you've got this amazing, almost savant level tactician in PJ Hawks. And so that's going to be just an interesting match because, you know, styles make fights and you have two completely different styles that are going to be going at it. And so that's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to that and the whole thing. And just to see how it's all going to turn out and to see what Cardona is going to do and to see, how much he's going to be able to do. Uh, it's going to really come down to the medical staff. It's going to come down to Billy Corgan and it'll come down to Matt Cardona too. We'll see exactly how it all pans out on the other side of that. You have Nick Aldis, who a lot of people could see as the rightful NWA world's heavyweight champion after what happened to the Crockett cup. Um, does he have a right to say, relinquish the title to me, which I don't think that that's going to be something that Billy would go for but you could make that argument and i know nick possibly could make that argument i'm not exactly sure but either way it's going to be quite a spectacular and i'm I'm really looking forward to all the fun we're going to have in knoxville this weekend absolutely it's going to be a great show and everybody always ready on june 11th watch it on fight tv if you can make it there in person joe you've been so very generous with your time today so uh, any any parting message for the fans ahead of nwa always ready the one reason why they should make sure to tune into the show on saturday it's the best wrestling on God's green earth. You got to come. You got to come experience the NWA, whether you're watching it on Fight TV, buying the pay-per-view, being a part of our all-access, or if you're in the Knoxville area or just the general Tennessee area, come on out, come to the show, see what we have to offer, see what the NWA not only is but is becoming, and be a part. Join us right now because the sky is the limit for the National Wrestling Alliance and this rocket is taking off in Knoxville. Indeed. And with that, Joe, I thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Alan.